Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down. Somebody say he sat down. And taught them, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee she said no man lord and jesus said unto her neither do i condemn thee go and sin no more i want to preach to you this morning from the subject delivered from shame delivered from shame you need to know who you are before you leave this meeting this morning would you lift up your hands and your voices right now? Lord Jesus, let there be a witness of your spirit. Let there be prophetic utterance and clear revelation and clear direction for people. Speak to those who cannot hear your voice lately. Speak to those who hear nothing but torment. Speak to those who hear nothing but guilt. I praise you and I worship you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. If you Love him. Would you clap your hands to him one more time? Praise the Lord. Amen. And you may be seated. New people coming to God is so precious. I love it when I see people come to our church that I've never seen before. I I, I wouldn't want to. I'm just going to. I was an evangelist 20 years. So. I would not want to pastor the same group of people and no one knew ever come. I think I would probably resign after about three months of that. I do not ever want to be in a church that's comfortable with the crowd that we have. I, I want there to always be new blood flowing, new people coming in. If we're a part of an increased government and kingdom, there should be growth in our churches. And we should have new people coming 
to church. I'm so amazed because when they come, I don't know their name. I don't know their story. I don't know anything about them, but I know God has ordered their steps to the kingdom of God. Aren't you thankful for a God that can bring people to the church even though you did not invite them? He was inviting them. We don't know this woman's story. We don't know her name. We don't know where she was raised. We don't know who her parents were, what their occupation was. We don't know what she went through as a teenager. We don't know anything about her except we know her failure. We don't even know why she failed. We don't know if her marriage was rocky. We don't know if something was happening at home, if she was being abused. We have no clue. All we know is her shame. We know it wasn't going good. We are thrust into a story full of shame. The word shame is humiliation and to insult. And it is a public shame that we are introduced to in this story. There are two types of shame people deal with, public shame or private shame. And I'm just going to just unveil it right now. Everybody in here has something that they've been ashamed of once or twice or more in their life. And I don't care how holy you look, you are still in Lee Summit. You are not in heaven. That was cute, but it was better than that. I promise you, it had not been for the mercy of God. I don't care how long your dress is, how nice your suit is. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. Everyone has something they're ashamed of. This woman, I'm just going to go out on a limb and think, I don't think she was planning on going to church this morning. I don't think this story, and I don't think she got up that morning and said, you know, after I'm done committing adultery, I'm going to go to the church and listen to Jesus teach. She's not on that pathway. She's not ready yet. She's not broken yet. She's not convicted yet. She's not hearing from God yet. But life happens and people are trying to do crazy things and they, they've been following her obviously and they take her in the act of adultery and they drag her through the street and they bring her to Jesus and her introduction to Jesus was as demonic as it gets. Anytime you bring someone to Jesus hoping he hurts them, hoping he judges them, hoping he shames them, hoping he rebukes them, hoping he gets them, that's demonic. You don't believe me? Read Zechariah 3 when Joshua the high priest was taken before the courts of God by Satan himself and Satan was accusing him and it was so bad that finally the Lord said, the Lord rebuked thee, Satan, because Satan's idea of you meeting God is meeting a God of judgment for everything you've done wrong. Satan wants you to view God as this evil judge that will hurt you and not forgive you and not love you. And they took her to a church service and threw her down at God's feet. Let me just tell you one thing. If you want God to get me, don't pray for it. 
Don't bring it to passing the mantle. Don't bring it up in the altar. Because the more you want God to get someone, the more likely he's not going to do what you're asking. And he's going to give grace to them. Uh, I know some of you want God to judge everybody but you. I'm not going to have much shouting today. Let's see. You want God to get everybody because you're always right and they're always wrong. Any kind of confrontation is always their fault and not yours. And therefore, I'm just waiting on God to judge them. You better watch out, bro, because you might be a kingmaker, but you're not on the throne of glory yet. And there's only one king who can decide that in your life. Get him, Jesus. Get her. And they threw her down and sat her in the midst. The only problem was he was already sitting down. Wait, wait. When he came in, he sat down on the ground. It's almost like he was waiting. He meets you at the level that you come to him at. Can I talk to you about a ground level God? I know he sits high, but he looks low. He's, he, he doesn't walk in and get behind the pulpit and wait for church to start. He goes and sits down. Why? Because someone's about to be thrown on the ground, and he wants her to know. I don't care what they say. I'm right here with you. I want to tell somebody right now, I don't care what the haters say about you. You've got a God that knows ground zero in your life. He knows exactly where you got hurt. He knows exactly where the pain took place. He knows what they're saying about you, and he's right there with you. He'll sit there on the ground because he knows you're coming him at a low point. Would you praise him for not believing your haters? Would you praise him for not siding with the critics? Because he loves you enough to get on the ground. He met me in my shame. He sat there and waited for them to throw me down. That's why I praise him. He's not so far out that he's out of my reach. He's he's there right where I am. They threw her down and said, get her. I submit to you that she was never the target. I submit. Now, this is going to ruffle some feathers, but show me where it says they had rocks in their hands. It said they did this tempting him that they might accuse him. She wasn't the target. He was. Let me just help you right now. You are not the object of hell's attention. They're not mad at you. They're mad at God. Satan doesn't hate you as much as he hates God. You might think you're the star of the show and everybody's out to get you and all hell is fighting you. I just, all hell broke loose today. All hell did not break loose today in your life. 
If all hell broke loose, you would not be sitting there cute and cozy, comfortable and rosy in this church service this morning. I promise you wouldn't even be it, Pat. You would probably be dead if all hell broke loose in your life. They're not after you. They're after the one who died for you. They're after the one that gets in the way. They're after the one that said you can't have her. You can't have him. I submit to you, they wanted to stone him. (laughs) They wanted to accuse him. When the devil can't get God, he gets people that God loves. Because he's trying to get back at God. And so they threw her down. And the Bible said he... He acted like he didn't even hear them. He, as though he heard them not. They said, come on, Jesus. We're supposed to stone her. She was caught in adultery, and he's playing dumb. He's silent. Have you ever acted like you didn't hear someone, but you heard every single thing they said? My mom grew up, when I was a kid, my mom had eyes in the back of her head. She knew where I was, when I, everything. Have you ever heard someone and you knew what they were saying and you had to just act like you had no idea? In your mind, you're going, oh, my God, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. Dear Lord, why am I connected to you? Jesus is ignoring them. Because the quieter God gets, the more uncomfortable it gets for the self-righteous. Come on, Lord. And the Bible said that he, on the ground, he took his finger and he began to write. Now, I've heard this message my whole life. And I've heard a lot of people tell me what he wrote. One person said he wrote the 23rd Psalm. I had a hard time amening after that point. One person said that he wrote down everybody's sins. I have a theory. Maybe you won't amen me after this either. I think he was doodling. Here's why I think that. Every other time he wrote, we know what he wrote. When he took his finger and wrote on the rocks, the Ten Commandments, in front of Moses, we know what he wrote. When he took his finger out and wrote on Belshazzar's wall, mene, mene, take a euphrase, and you've been weighing the balances and found wanting, we know what he wrote, but we don't know what he wrote in the dirt. Doodling releases stress, according to research. It shows intelligence, and it restrains negativity in the room. Next time you doodle and you feel silly, you think, I am just smarter than everybody. The fact that I'm doing this on this call. Maybe they were tattling, and he was getting stressed by it. 
And he said, if any of you have never sinned, let him first cast a stone at her. And one by one, what well, you got to get this, one by one, they, being convicted by their own conscience, walked out. Now, here's why this is powerful to me. Because they approached him as a teacher, but they don't even realize that he just went from teacher to God by giving them an order. And they're obeying it. If he's just the teacher, who cares what he says about sin and rocks? Throw the rock. If you don't really revere him and you don't really care about what he says, who cares what he says about your past? Just throw the rock. But because he switched from teacher to God, I bet his voice changed. And when God speaks, You don't need anybody around you to let you know what he's talking about. You know. I don't need you to clarify it when it's God. I know. (laughs) And now they're obeying him and he keeps doodling or writing the 23rd Psalm. I think he could have brought up all of their sin because he knows everyone's sins. But he just keeps writing. Then he looks up and they're gone. And he said, where are those thine accusers? Here's what I, it said, when he looked up, she was standing. She was, they sat her in the midst before, but something has happened. In the midst of God forgiving her, she's getting up from where they placed her. Mm. Oh, I want to preach it. Um, This is going to (laughs) help. Well, I got church hurt. Everybody has church hurt. Get up. That sounds mean. I'm sorry. But everybody in the world that lives for God has been through something. That does not give you a right to be a victim and sit on the ground your entire life and be a critic of everything God does. I know I'm not going to get a lot of help on that. Well, I've been hurt. Everybody has been hurt. Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be healed? Then stop getting mad. You can go on social media every day. I've been hurt. Everybody's got something that they've been hurt by. But do you want to be made whole? Jesus didn't lift her up. She got herself up. Sooner or later, you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to get up from this. I may have been low, but I'm going to get up from this. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Bishop Wilson was preaching. The Lord spoke something in my spirit. 
10 years ago, I wrote some notes down from a verse, never preached it, forgot about it for the last 10 years about princes and dust. And I, I couldn't remember where it was. And, and he said, the princes come out of the dust. That's all he said. And I, I started looking for it while he was preaching. Can you put up first Samuel chapter two and verse eight for me on the screen? The Bible said, Samuel said, he raised up the poor which means low, out of the dust, lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set them uh, among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. And when Bishop was saying, God's making us a kingmaker, he said, tell the people, I start in their shame. I start in the lowest place that they are. And even though they cannot forgive themselves and they think they are a failure, I am a God that raises you out of the dust and causes you to inherit what you do not deserve. Is there any undeserving praise in here? Shut up. Is there any undeserving worship? I came in a beggar, but now I'm a believer. I came in guilty, but now I'm a king. Some of you need to learn to forgive yourself right now. You cannot step into your anointing, into your ministry, into what God has for you until you get delivered from shame. Nobody's mocking you. You're mocking yourself. Every day you wake up, you think about yesterday and years ago. I command that spirit to get off of you right now in the name of Jesus. For God is not through with you and God is not done with you. And you need to look to your future give him some dust praise give him some I'm on the ground praise ground zero praise he brought me out of the miry clay he set my feet would you praise him like nobody's watching cause nobody's watching only God can lift you out You don't know what I did, preacher. You're right. But guess what? He knows what you did. And he still has you in this service this morning. If he wasn't forgiving you, he would have stopped you from getting here. He's wanting to tell somebody in the room, you need to shut the door to your yesterday and look to your tomorrow. Because I have forgiven you. Now forgive yourself. Jesus rebuked the spirit of condemnation right now on these young people who want to believe in tomorrow, but they're ashamed of today. Anybody got some guilty praise? Anybody got some guilty praise? I know you're going to get... Well, I've never made one mistake. 
Get out with the Pharisees. You're in the way. I need some real people that can say, yeah, yep, I did it. Yep, I lied. Yep, I was wrong. Yep, I failed. But here I am getting myself up from the ground because I have a God who can lift me out of the dust. Look at the people jumping right now. They're getting out of it. They're getting to get shake the dust off your feet. Shake the dust off your feet and get up again. Stay standing. Where are your accusers? They're not here, Lord. Neither do I. Condemn me. Go and sin no more. He just told her, you're better than the mistake you just made. Some of you may not care about that, but somebody in here feels worse than the mistakes that they've made. And the devil has told you, you will never conquer. You will never step on that struggle. You will never walk away from it. But the Lord said, I'm not condemning you because I actually think you're better than everything you've done. I think you're better than the mistake you made. I want someone to hear God talking to you right now. You're not a failure. You're not a liar. You're not a cheater. You are a child of God. You belong to the king. You are a royal heir. Bible said that Jesus, when he was going to the cross, despised the shame. You know what that means in the Greek? To think little of. That's what he wants you to know. What you're so consumed with, I don't even think about it. You, you, you know why you can't even respond to that? Because you're consumed with it. How can God forgive me? When I can't forgive myself, I'll tell you how, because your Bible says when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. The problem is some of you are praising your heart and not your God. You worship your feelings and that's why you only worship some services and not I don't feel like it. That's because you worship your heart. I don't want to run. That's because you worship your heart. I don't feel goosebumps. That's because you worship your heart. Guess what? Whether you feel like it or not, he is worthy to be praised. Whether you feel ashamed, he's worth. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. In other words, if you hang your head, the King's not coming in. But when you can lift your head in the shame, when you can lift your head through the torment, 
when you hokasha, when you can lift your head through the condemnation, when you can lift your head in the fear, when you can lift your head in the panic, you cause the back doors to open. Because anytime you lift your head, he assumes you want him. He assumes you want his attention like a little kid crying for his dad. I need you. When you lift your head, you make God get off his throne. What do you need? Isaiah 61, 7, the verse Satan hates. For your shame, you shall have double. Wait, you could preach this better than I can, but it's hit me right. It's not for your sin you shall love double. Not for your mistake you get double reward. It's because they wouldn't leave you alone after you messed up. See, sin, if it's repented of and there's no shame, it's just forgiveness. But when you repent and you keep feeling attacked over it, It's called shame. And God said, the stuff that you forgave yourself for, but something keeps reminding you of it. It's not about you. It's about the demon whispering to you. I I see what you're trying to do, but I see the spirit mocking you every time you go to the altar. Every time you raise your hands, I see that demon whisper, that day in your mind, that moment in your mind. And because he won't leave you alone, I'm going to tell you what I was going to give you is only half of what I'm going to do now because I am a God who pulls you out of your shame. I'm just gonna. I'm no. I'm no more worthy to be called his son. I've wasted all my stuff. I've. I've. I've messed it all up. I've. I've done everything wrong. I'm just gonna ask my father. Can I come back and be a servant? I, I'm no longer worthy. I, I'm just gonna go very quietly and come back. I'm such a prodigal. I'm gonna go back and just hopefully he lets me back in the servants' quarters. And 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 he started coming back. And the Bible said when the father saw him a great way off, he ran. You know why the father ran to the prodigal to cut off the. Dis- the prodigal thought he had to go to get back in his presence and when the father ran to him the bible said he fell on him read that in the greek it means to rush him and to kiss him means to come upon him and there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's God rushing to you. It's God running upon you. It's God trying to catch you. Somebody ought to speak in tongues right now. Get in your dad's arms. You're not what you are. You're not what you've been. You've got a future. Why they dance like that? Why are they so excited? 
Sometimes you've got to learn to party like a prodigal. You've got to learn to dance when nobody's dancing with you. You've got to learn to throw your own party. You've got to learn to worship because you know where you've been. You know who you were with. And you know God. Go and sin no more. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're better than your yesterday. I want you to say it like you mean it. Tell somebody you're better than your yesterday. Tell them God said you're better. I release God confidence right now in this room. I release the gift of faith right now in this room upon the next generation. I come against that condemnation and that low self-esteem and that shame and that I can't do it. Only the superstars can. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You need to get out of the ground and be what God says you can be. If you have any shame, would you come to the altar right now? Your shame does not give you a right to be a spectator. Your shame does not give you a right to believe in everybody else but yourself. Your shame does not give you the right to say, I'm just blessed to be here and nothing's ever going to happen through my mouth, through my hands, through my life. Your shame does not give you a right to be a critic. Your shame does not give you a right to live in fear. Your shame does not give you a right to sit there hoping for tomorrow to be over. I promise you, in the name of Jesus, that gift of faith is falling on someone right now and they've had no confidence and they've got no idea what to do with it but God's about to anoint your hands and you will heal the sick and you will speak and demons will be cast out I feel Eli Hernandez anointing in this room right now I feel Eli Hernandez anointing right now get out of that shame get out of that fear get out of that doubt get out of that worry and become who God says you are shake the dust off Shake the dust off. Nobody's perfect. Perfect people don't go to heaven. Perfect people walk out. People that think they're perfect walk out. But thankful people. People that know Jesus did this in Jesus alone. I don't deserve to be a preacher. I don't deserve to be in the altar. I don't deserve to be surrounded by the body. I don't deserve to be in the mercy of God. I don't deserve his blood. I don't deserve his grace. He picked me up, turned me around, 
place my feet on solid ground. I think the master. I think the savior. I thank God. God's the one that did it. He's the one that did it. Some of you may feel nothing, but you're driving the demons crazy right now because you're getting up from your shame and you're pointing to tomorrow instead of yesterday. And the Lord has a great plan for your life. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus Christ. Oh, I feel a wave of the Holy Ghost. I feel deep flowing waters. I feel a current. Pastor Justin, I feel a river of gold sweeping in here. I feel something coming down from on high sweeping in this room. I feel what you were telling me, Pastor Gleason. I feel something sweeping down in here. You're not a failure. You're a king. You're going to walk on streets of gold. Your house will be a mansion. Walls of jasper, gates of pearl. There's a river around the throne. You will worship the king of kings. Somebody shout, I forgive myself. Oh, come on, say it like you, I forgive myself. Some of you would forgive others before you forgive yourself, but I promise you, if you learn to forgive yourself, you'll step into faith that you've never imagined. You'll step into believing God can use you. God can anoint you. God can partner with you. Altar pews. Grab somebody's hand right now. Lift it up. Lift up your heads. Oh. Shame is falling to the ground. Chains are falling to the ground. You're holding someone's hand that's guilty. You're holding someone's hand that's guilty. But there's a king in the room. 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 Who raises up the poor from the dust and the beggar from the dunghill and makes princes out of them and causes them to inherit. Why am I so blessed? Why are you so blessed? When I think about me, I shouldn't be blessed. But when I think about him, it's impossible not to be blessed. He's the king of the world. He's my dad. He's your dad.
tell you something in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm going to tell you something. When someone comes to me talking about my child, telling on them, Pastor, I saw Jude do this. I saw Jet do that. And if they're trying to help me, it's one thing. But if they're trying to get my kid, because I've had it happen. I saw your kid say this to my kid. Well, my, first of all, your kid punched my kid, so deal with it. But when they say, get your kid, you must want to die. And that's just me. What does God do when Satan says, get your kid? Thank you, I will. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never throw you away. He will never walk away. You're his baby. Would you praise him like he loves you because he loves you? Would you stop seeing him like some evil judge? Yes, he's the judge, but he's also your father. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.